guys, and welcome back to Nicoa Radio. I'm your host, Jen, or as many of you know me as, Miss Jen Lifts, and we are back again with another podcast. Happy Monday. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day, and welcome back. It's been a few weeks. I had to take some time off because I was moving, and as many of you know from experience, that can be a little bit stressful. But we are back again with the podcast, and I am ready to go more than ever. Today's topic is going to be about toxic relationships, and this is going to be a two, possibly three-part series that I wanted to do because there are so many different types of toxic relationships that I wanted to make sure I covered all of them and didn't rush through any of them. Or get distracted or ADD because, let's be real, I'm very ADD. (laughs) Undiagnosed, but very ADD. So today's topic is going to be the first of the series of toxic relationships, and we are going to be specifically talking about romantic relationships. So this covers situationships, flings, boyfriend, girlfriends, significant others, marriages, whatever it may be. That will be the topic of today's podcast. So let's get started. So toxic relationships when it comes to romantically. It can be such a broad spectrum of what what do you define as a toxic relationship? Because toxic for someone could be so vastly different from one person to another. And so I'm just going to keep it pretty simple when it comes to kind of stuff. So a toxic relationship, in my opinion, consists of playing games, mind games, physical, emotional, whatever that may be. So examples of this could be manipulation. It could be, you know, uh, gaslighting. It could also be breadcrumbing. There's so many different layers to this. Uh, but also playing games when it comes to turning on and off your location, especially if you guys have each other's location, or starting issues literally just because you want to see someone get upset and evoke emotion out of someone. There's just so many different layers to this, and because we, in the world we live in today, almost glorify some of this, it doesn't really help the situation A, but B, it also doesn't help people get to a place to be in a healthy relationship because it's so normalized. And I can't tell you, myself included, how like conditioned that a lot of us are to thinking that people doing this kind of stuff is their way of caring or not necessarily caring that maybe a bad word, but like it shows passion. And because you know, you're evoking emotion out of this person, like, it's exciting. Or for a lot of us, even, and this is something I will cover, it is a very familiar feeling of comfort. Because a lot of us were raised in environments where things weren't necessarily consistent when it comes to emotionally, maybe physically, spirit, like, not spiritually, but like, emotionally or physically. So, the feeling of uncertainty or the feeling of, you know, emotions being all over the place and trying to figure people out is so comforting. And what I mean by comforting is is it feels like home because that was a lot of people's home 
and the way that they were, you know, raised and what environment they were in. So there's so many different layers to toxic relationships and, you know, what they look like and all of that jazz. But I also want to bring up the point and ask and pose a question to you. And if you are finding yourself in a relationship, situationship, marriage, whatever it may be, what about this relationship causes you to stay? So I will ask it again. What about this relationship, situationship, or marriage causes you to stay even though you know that you are in a toxic situation? Now, the reason I pose this question is a lot of people are aware they are in a toxic relationship or situationship or whatever it may be. Very much aware of it and they won't leave. Now, that could there's layers to that, so they may not want to leave because they love this person or because they want to, you know, stick it through or they have children with this person. But I also know a lot of people who are in these type of situations and don't want to leave because a they're very familiar and, you know, comforted by a lot of this behavior because, again, this is something they were raised in, and that's a whole therapy series within itself. But there's also a lot of people who almost, this it's like a, a small or big part of them wants to either, A, fix this person because their inner child it wasn't able to fix a situation, whether it was in their family or whatever it may be, in their past, and they're almost projecting that onto this future partner. And again, that's another whole therapy series right there. But also some people stay with people who are in this toxic cycle or toxic relationship because they don't have a level of self-love or self-worth, which causes them to almost pretty much settle in a situation like this. And I'm speaking this also from experience. I'm not just saying this and throwing it out there and calling someone out for this type of thing. But I myself have my own issues that I have dealt with and gone through and worked through within myself with my relationship with God and through therapy. And also with the help of so many lovely and wonderful friends that I have. But I, again, I pose this question because I'm trying to get the gears running in your brain, if this has never been something you've thought about, as to why you are staying in a situation like this. So, like I said, some of this behavior, gaslighting, manipulation, all of this stuff is so normalized. And I really wish that the whole, like, who cares less, you know, who, you know, is more petty and all of this stupid crap that people have, you know, thrown into the universe and said, this is, you know, you have to be a certain level of this to actually care about an individual. I just don't, I don't understand this generation. Like, I, I don't, I, I can't wrap my brain around why this is so accepted other than the fact that like obviously everyone has issues and you know people project their issues onto other people and into the universe and all that stuff but I just I literally have a, such a hard time relating to this toxic behavior and it like 
being okay with it and comfortable with it and just like thinking it's normal. It's sad. It's very sad. And I myself, you know, at one point in time in my life, accepted this type of behavior. But I also knew, like I said, that there was something off about it. It wasn't like I was like, oh, this is normal. It, it, w- it was my normal at one point in time in my life. But I wouldn't say that mentally I told myself, oh yeah, this is like normal behavior, if that makes sense. I definitely knew it was something that was wrong with it. I just didn't know how to correct or fix it. And I thought that that was, in a way, the best that I would be able to do within a partner or a significant other. And I can honestly say that I've been in multiple situations, whether it was relationships, situationships, friendships, whatever it may be, because I was so familiar with this type of behavior. Now, as always, I'll be sharing some of my own experience, but I will not be putting names out there because I'm just not that type of person. I'm not messy, but I will share some of the experiences that I've had when it comes to some of this toxic behavior because I do want to be able to empathize with other people and relate to other people so they can feel less alone and validate people. So some toxic behavior that I was used to in the past when it comes to dating and relationships, some of it included like the whole gaslighting thing where I would literally know that I was seen, like I wasn't losing it. I would 100% be, you know, understanding that I'm a human being and I can be at fault as well and maybe I misheard something or I misunderstood something and I would have a partner quite literally tell me that I was lying to them, knowing, pardon my French, but knowing damn well that I was not like lying and, you know, being told that like I'm a liar or, you know, I was wrong and stuff like that. And I'm like, I literally have text proof right here and you're telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> it it was crazy to me uh, to have that kind of thing happen. I have had partners that I, we came to the agreement that we wanted to share each other's location and I would have during a fight, them quite literally turned their location off or drive somewhere knowing that I would be concerned about them and then turn their location off and notify me so I could see that they had driven to this said location and then just completely ghost me for the night and knowing that I would worry about them. And... (laughs) I don't know. It was that kind of stuff is crazy to me. I I look back and first off, I I refuse to share my location with any of my significant others, you know, going forward. And I I'm totally fine with it if I'm like going out or something like that and I want them to know that I'm safe and if I feel concerned about my safety, I will share that information with them. But having it on all the time in my personal opinion is just it's not it's just not something I I feel comfortable doing as a partner going forward, but, um, it is something that I'm willing to, you know, discuss with my partner, but I just personally don't find it to be helpful in my relationships. So, uh, what else? (laughs) Um, breadcrumbing. I've been in situations where I've had men who, you know, will talk to me and then they'll withdraw and they won't talk to me for, you know, days or weeks and, 
you know, I think I'm in a relationship, not necessarily thinking I'm in a relationship with them, but I think, you know, we're talking or something like that. And then I don't hear from them. And then they're like, oh, sorry, I've been busy. You know, I have a lot going on or whatever. And then, you know, ghost me again. So very much up and down manipulation. Um, yeah, that, that, that one was more of a situationship type of deal. And, um, and then when it comes to relationship, this one's pretty common. I think a lot of women deal with this, uh, being told you're overreacting. I've had multiple partners that I have dated who have had issues with drinking and driving. A few who have had records, who have had DUIs, and just personal experience, not me having gotten a DUI, but I had a friend back in 20, I want to say it was 2013, 2014, maybe 20, actually it was 2015, I apologize, who passed away from getting hit by a drunk driver. His name was Noah. I think a lot of people know who he is. There's now a law in Maryland called Noah's Law, which helps prevent drinking and driving. Losing a friend like that and seeing them suffer and visiting him in the hospital before he had passed away was just an awful experience that I, I don't want to relive. And it is a very touchy subject for me because I don't find there to be any reason for anyone under any circumstances to be drinking and driving at this day and age. You have Uber, you have friends who can pick you up, family members. And for God's sake, if you can pay and afford for like to drink, you should be able to afford a way home. So uh, having, you know, significant others who are drinking and driving and then, you know, basically to saying I'm overreacting when, you know, I've expressed concern in situations like that, that kind of stuff is like, that's not healthy and that's not normal. So I hope that if anyone is hearing this and says, you know, oh, you know, I can relate. This is something I said to my significant other and they kind of pushed me away and gaslit me. You're not alone. It, it does happen. And I just hope that if you find patterns of these type of behaviors in your own relationships, especially romantic ones, especially, especially if they are not even a boyfriend or a girlfriend or significant other, get, please get out of the situation. You deserve so much better and you can find someone who is healthy. I know it doesn't feel quote unquote exciting or, you know, the butterflies and all of that stuff, but healthy relationships can still feel fun and exciting and have so much to offer. You don't necessarily need the little quote-unquote toxic aspect for it to be a good situation at all. Um, I <laughs> One of my favorite Halsey songs is the line, I think, says something like, um, I think it's like the warning signs feel like the butterflies. And she did an interview a while ago on it and what that meant to her. And hearing that interview, I was like, damn, like, that I, that's so relatable. And it, she was saying a lot of times the butterflies um, feel like, oh, so exciting and everything. And that's actually sometimes our gut's way of trying to warn us that, you know, our nervous system isn't, you know, 
hap not happy, but it's 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 not in a good spot with whoever it is that we're with. Like our gut tells us a lot, a lot of different things, emotionally and physically as well. Like the being a very empathic person, I get a lot of vibes from people. And when I was younger, before I really kind of understood the type of person that I was and who I was and all of that jazz, I wasn't as sure of myself. So I would think, you know, oh gosh, like, am I being judgmental about this this person or whatever? But as I got older, my gut is kind of like my radar. And a lot of times it could have saved me, you know, from getting into situations or friendships or relationships with people that I should not have been getting into, you know, situations with. Because my gut was telling me that something was off and I didn't listen to myself. So as I've gotten older, I, I truly do let my gut tell me things. And I don't necessarily let it rule my life, but I really do take it into consideration when interacting with people because it's told me a lot of things that I, I, I when I've ignored in the past, it has gotten me into trouble. So I'm not saying that if you feel butterflies with someone that like, oh my God, like automatically they're not your person or oh my God, they're going to, it's going to be a bad situation. But I will say that like, there is some truth to that. So if your body is constantly either anxious or like it feels dysregulated when you're with someone, pay attention to that. Like looking back at a lot of the bad relationships or not so great relationships um, or times when I was dating someone, my body was telling me a lot that I wasn't listening to, that I took the time to really hone in on and, you know, learn about myself. And I realized that, for a, for example, uh, having an autoimmune issue or condition, I should say, and having POTS, my body gets, gets dysregulated with stress pretty freaking easily. So all of the times I would be stressed out in my relationships or my relationships were having issues and stuff like that, naturally I'm going to be stressed out. And that's a little bit easier to read. But even in the quote-unquote good moments in my relationships, which I'm not saying they were bad, I was still incredibly stressed out because I could tell like certain things like my hands would get super dry, my hair would fall out. Um, I would have gut issues, literally, like my stomach would have issues and I would be fatigued all the time because those are symptoms of stress and that my body is not, you know, regulated and it's not functioning properly. Being in the healthy relationship that I'm in right now with Kevin, I can't tell you how much energy I have, how great I feel. I'm not stressed out. My autoimmune condition does flare up every once in a while, and like I said, POTS does too, but I'm telling you, it was like every week that it was flaring up when I've dated some of the guys I've dated in the past. And I'm not to, I'm not blaming them. Now, like, don't get me wrong, don't get this twisted, like, I'm not blaming them, but there are people who are not necessarily your people and a good fit for you, which means, doesn't mean they're bad people, it just means that you need to move on and maybe be alone or find someone who's a better fit for you. So again, just throwing that out there, 
I'm not saying by any means any of these people that may you may be in a toxic relationship with are bad people, but they may not be the best fit for you. So keep that in mind when I'm telling all my little nuggets of things. So yeah, trust your body, trust your gut, listen to what it has to say to you. And when it comes to a lot of these toxic relationships, what what are some things you can do to either get out of this situation or change your environment? First off, my recommendation would be evaluate the value of the relationship that you have with this person. Is it salvageable? Is it something you guys can work through? Because again, it takes two to tango. I'm not saying it's all on the other person. But sometimes being with another person can release some negative, toxic traits even within yourself. So, is the relationship or situationship that you're in salvageable? Meaning, are both parties willing to talk through what needs to be done, what needs to be worked on in order to fix the toxic parts of your relationship? Number two, are both parties willing to work on the toxic parts of themselves that need healing? Because if both parties are not willing to work on themselves, working as a couple or a duo is not even going to be in the cards at all. My next question would be, even with work, what value does this individual bring to your life. So you can love this person with all of your heart. You can value this person and, you know, want to work on things with them. But if neither of you are really adding value or it's not an equal swap to each other's lives, is the quality of that relationship worth salvaging? And now this sounds harsh. This is harsh big sis Jen talking. But It sounds selfish to say, but you also have to keep in mind that when you are dating someone and if you are looking to potentially marry this person or this be your forever person, you do have to be a little bit selfish when it comes to picking a partner because you don't want to end up with someone who is constantly taking from you and you are not getting, you know, what you need as an individual from them. And I see so many marriages and relationships just fail because they end up, yes, not settling per se, but maybe in a way settling, but they want to work on things and fix things. And, you know, this is even before they've gotten married. Like when you're married, different story. Like, yes, work on things, fix them. You decided to, you know, make a vow and you decided this is your person. And yes, you need to work on things and figure it out. But I see so many people start dating and within like the first two to three months of dating this person, they they want to make things work. So they just like force it almost as if they are married. And I just see so many relationships and people crumble because they're completely just concerned about, you know, making the other person happy and that is important. But they're not concerned about their own needs and they end up miserable, A, B, they end up cheating on their significant other, which is horrible, and that could be eliminated if they just were honest with themselves and honest with the other person. Hey, 
we aren't a good fit. This isn't working for me. We need to part ways. So again, a few questions I ask you is, you know, is this person willing to work on themselves? Are you also willing to work on yourself and willing to work with the other person towards a healthier relationship? And is the relationship salvageable and does do both parties bring enough to the table for it to be worth mutually in a relationship for it to work? And the last thing I ask, what are your toxic traits? Because, me being devil's advocate always, there's never a situation where you are never at fault. For the most part. Like, for the most part. What are your toxic traits that you need to work on in order to make this relationship work? Because like I said, there's a lot of people who date other people and the other person kind of releases a toxic version of you into the relationship and into the world. I can honestly be the first to say that I have dated people who have brought the worst out of me. And now I take part in that. I'm not saying that it's their fault by any means or that they're horrible people, but sometimes people can bring the worst out in you and that's why it's so important to find someone who is patient and willing to bring the best out in you and not evoke the worst. And sometimes that's intentional, sometimes that's not. But it does happen. And again, I find it very important to find someone who brings the best out in you and someone who is willing to be patient to find that best version of you, as long as you are also trying to find that best version of you. I hope this was helpful. I'm sorry if I rambled a little bit. It just was on my mind and my heart and I wanted to share with you guys. The next part of this series will be toxic relationships in friendships next. I hope this was helpful. And as always, take this with a grain of salt. I am not a therapist. I'm just a bestie of yours trying to give you my two cents and my experience to try to help better your life. I will see you guys in the next one. Bye.